Welcome to the Just Grace It podcast with Brian and Rex. just leave this. Welcome to the Just Grace It podcast with Brian and Becky Ross. He's the pastor and my hubby. She's the horse girl and my wife. And we're coming to you from our home in the Midwest, Refuge Farm. Join us as we discuss how to apply God's grace to marriage, family, life, and ministry in, in the, the Just, Just Grace It podcast. podcast. everyone happy new year it's actually january 1st 2022 yes happy new year everybody so this is brian and becky obviously as you heard from the intro from the just grace of podcast and we are starting our new year out by doing a podcast and just sharing some thoughts and observations that we've kind of been thinking about a lot lately and just um what do you want to call it just I don't really know what (laughs) what do you want to call it I don't know either I don't know there's just been a lot of reflecting going on well I think like for me I tend to do that this time of year because I have off of school or off of work and I have kind of have more sort of unspoken for mental space that I wouldn't normally have well and I think it's time I think it's good to take time to just sit down and sort of reflect on where you've been and where you're going yeah which brings up we had a just a amazing New Year's Eve celebration last night oh yeah we were partying hard no we were not um so in past years we will have generally had friends over and played games and watched movies and just you know had fellowship with people and then some years we've done nothing and it's just been us and the boys and we've sometimes stayed up late and had our sparkling apple cider and <laughs> happy new year and went to bed and well, we've, we've always done at least that even if we fell asleep before it, yeah. midnight meaning mainly i fall asleep if we didn't have if we don't have people over or we very rare i don't think we've ever gone somewhere for new year well that's not true we've gone out to we've done things with, with family here and there and yeah and stuff like that. so we very rarely go anywhere. It's usually we have people over. It's just us here at home. And last night. And usually I'm the one falling asleep. And then I tell Brian to like, okay, when it's 1145, wake me up so we can have our <laughs> sparkling cider. And yeah. Yeah. Last night, though, um, Michigan was playing Georgia in the college football playoff and so I obviously wanted to watch that. I don't think you had too much interest in it, but I watched it and was, you know, I was disappointed that we didn't play better and that we lost, et cetera. But um, I, on the whole, couldn't be too discouraged given, you know, the the season was a, a good season. But 
So yeah. that did probably contribute to not going anywhere or doing much last night. Well, we had planned we had planned that we were just going to be here with the kids and we were going to watch the game. And I was with you guys for about the first hour of it, and then I'm like, "This is not even exciting." They were already 14 points behind in the first hour, and yeah, so I gave, gave up. up. <laughs> I said, "I give up. I'm going. I'm going upstairs to watch my own thing." So I went upstairs and put on a show and then fell asleep. And then... So then I gave up probably start of the fourth quarter. They were down 24 and it it was obvious they weren't going to be mounting any kind of a comeback. So at that time it was like 5 after 10. And I come in the bedroom and you're already like lights off. (laughs) I was uh, out. In bed asleep. I was out. And I'm like, so are we just going to bed and... I'm like, yep. You were like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So I went and locked everything up and made sure stuff was turned off or whatever and told the kids a our few poor, things. Our poor kids. And then did we, New I, Year was by in, I was in bed by 10 30 with you and we just went to bed. We, we didn't do anything for the New Year. Nope. So we, yeah, we gave each other a Happy New Year kiss when we woke up in the morning. That was it. So. We both we both woke up this morning feeling a little bit um just heavy emotionally. I I don't really know how else to put it other than I that's just how I felt. I just felt heavy in my heart and um just kind of couldn't shake it and it's, well, it's been kind of a long. We got re- we got news this past week, so we're talking between Christmas and New Year's of a former um, close friend. Would that be accurate? Yeah. Well, yeah, we were um, we were who close with them. Unexpectedly and tragically died. We'll keep the specific details, you know, off the podcast, but. Um, it's definitely been, definitely weren't expecting it, especially the way it happened. And, um, it's caused a lot of reflection and just thinking about a lot of different things, I would say. Yeah. And just, um, feeling sad, sad that there wasn't reconciliation to the relationship and sad that just because of how it happened and why it happened and (sighs) yeah yeah and then and then for me the reason I was sort of feeling melancholy this morning and so forth was um I just I was just really struggling with the idea about getting excited about a new year when like it's like i know what the scriptures say about evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived and i'm like i'm supposed to get excited for just more of the same and i kind of well, i kind of had a pessimistic sort it's of been a rough couple of two years really it's been a rough two years obviously with everything going on with covid i don't know you know people will listen to this at different times so 
and find the podcast at different times. So, you know, I don't know when you, you know, the listener will be listening to this particular thing, but, you know, the last two years have been full of stuff with COVID and politics. And and, and there just isn't any end in sight probably to any of that. It doesn't. It certainly doesn't seem like it. And there's been, um, well, we've, I think we've shared on here before that, you know, in large part due to all that stuff going on, it's been one of the hardest couple of years that we've ever had of ministry yeah. Just because of the residual effects of all of that and differences of opinion and people just taking really hard stances far on one side or far on the opposite side. And um, so it's just, yeah, I just, I personally just wasn't excited about woohoo, a new year. I just, I just wasn't. And usually I am. And I just was not feeling that way this time so just when i was feeling that way for those of you who don't know at church with through the church we're doing a bible reading challenge in 2022 so this was the first day of it and the idea is to read through all paul's epistles every month of the year by reading three chapters a day and so when i was feeling kind of that does not mean you can't read other parts of the bible too because i I also will get into what else I read this morning too, but... But my point is that when I was sort of feeling that way and I just, I'm like, okay, I just got my Bible out and I read my assignment for today, which was Romans 1, 2, and 3. And, you know, by the time I was done with it, the reading, I was, you know, thinking about other things and... um, did a little bit of praying and my mind was my my mind was in a better state I guess at that point and has been you know for the rest of the day for the most part for me I I was reminded I, I well I woke up feeling like I said just feel this feeling of emotional heaviness I just don't know how else to say it other than just feeling emotionally heavy and um There's a passage of scripture that has really become dear to me and one of my go-tos when I'm feeling that way. Um, Originally, I think I was reminded of it after my grandma passed away because it talks about mourning, you know. Um, But... I, are you going to read if you it? Want, if you want me to read it. Yeah, go ahead and read it. How many of these verses do you want me to read? Uh, one through three. So the passage is Isaiah 61, verses one through three. Verse one. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness 
the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So what we... So, there's just so much goodness in there. (laughs) And I know that that is a passage for Israel and and about Israel and to Israel in regards to, you know, things that are going to be given to the nation... um, when Jesus comes comes back and is the ruler, you know, in Zion. And I understand contextually that's what that's talking about. Ooh, contextually. You sound like a preacher now. Oh, boy. I guess I hang around you too much. So, I get that. But... That is a passage that Jesus read or the first two verses is the what Jesus read when he first spoke in the synagogue. I believe it was for the first time. Is Luke that correct? Luke chapter 4, he reads from Isaiah 61. He reads yes. from Isaiah 61. And he says that the passage is fulfilled. Yeah. So he reads all of verse 1 and all of verse 2 to the comma, and he stops... But he doesn't read the part, and the day of vengeance of our God, the comfort all that more. He stops with to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he says, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears in Luke 4.21. Yeah. And basically, he was telling them, hey, your Messiah is here. Right. And... You know, we know now, after the cross how much more he came for than just as Israel's Messiah. And he is the only one that can bind up the brokenhearted or set the captives free and break the prison chains like it talks about and give you the oil of joy for the spirit of mourning and how how does that say it? It says to give it unto me. them to give unto them beauty for ashes, the yes. oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, praise for, the, for spirit the spirit of, of heaviness, heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness. So what that just reminded me of is when I am feeling heavy like that, that Praise is really the antidote to that heaviness. And I shared in a Facebook post about it, a little bit about it. And I I mentioned about David in the Psalms and how many times he would start out the Psalm by... um, Crying in tears. Crying in tears and talking about and lamenting whatever situation or circumstance he was in. But almost always he would, you know, and asking the Lord to save him or deliver him or, you know, spare him or pull him up out of the pit or, you know, these are all phrases that he used. But then he would so often end the passage with praise and thanksgiving and magnifying the Lord and all his works and all his goodness and his loving kindness and his creation and, you know, and focusing his mind and his attention on those things. And when I did that and I just 
and then I read my, so you and I are doing a little bit different. Um, there's two different ways we have the challenge. You can either read Paul's epistles, Romans through Philemon in the order that they appear in scripture, or you can read them in the order that they were written. We could probably put a link to that in yes, the show notes. Yes, I will. And guess what? I think I've learned how to do show notes, so I'm so excited. Um, but you're doing it the Romans through Philemon way, and I'm doing it in the order that they were written. So I started out with Galatians 1 through 3 this okay. morning, which was interesting because that talks a lot about liberty and not not going back under bondage. And it says in that passage in Isaiah about him coming to set the captives free. And, I mean, that's what he accomplished on the cross, is being able to set us free from the bondage of sin and death. And So what you're saying is, I think, what, well, not what you're saying, what we're saying is we, we woke up and we had a, how does it put it? spirit of heaviness yes we spent time in the scriptures and renewed our mind and then the result was we were able to see well i good we were able to see that not everything is bad and that we were able to literally renew our minds and have a different attitude right and i felt joy again I felt, you know, instead of, as far as emotions go, instead of feeling heavy, I felt, excuse me, I felt lighter emotionally. I felt joyful emotionally. I felt stronger, like I was strengthened in my heart. And so the only thing that changed, though, was an encounter with the Word of God. Yes, and and, so, then, and you and I talking about it, and then I also went for a walk with a friend. We walked seven miles today, <laughs> and she and I talked about, you know, stuff along those lines, too, and just, um, you know, scripture and fellowship and the importance of... Um, allowing grace to be part a part of every part of your life and God's word and to be a part of every part of your life and not just oh I'm going to put this part of my my life and my daily walk over here and I'll let God's word be affect that but I'm I'm going to hang on to some things over here and I'm going to keep that separate and just how sometimes when we have that mindset that it can cause struggles because there's things from the flesh that we want to hang on to and we just, for whatever reason, we don't want to let go of that. Yeah, because we're used to trusting in those things to get our needs met, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just want to... <clears throat> so. The point I was making is that you and I were both feeling down, feeling melancholy, feeling sad, independent. Like I did, you were still asleep. You were still asleep when I was feeling this way, and I went and read my Bible, and you know, 
had a different, better mindset and mental attitude, if you will, after I did that. And then I shared that with you, and you're like, well, I'm feeling the same way. And then uh, I, I had to do something, and you went and did your Bible reading or whatever. And But my point is, our, it just reinforces the idea that your emotions follow what you think about, right? Exactly. And so when we were thinking about the Word, and we had the Word in our minds, and we were thinking and meditating upon that, you know, we started our outlook changed, changed and our ability to see what was right and what was true changed but none of the circumstances but nothing changed. else had changed the world still is the way that it is our friend is still dead tragically like right it, all the things that we were dealing with before are still there right but our perspective is different and i think that's what renewing your mind is is about right like what Paul's talking about in Romans 12 about being transformed by the renewing of the mind there's 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 an actual change that's taking place when you renew your mind right and Absolutely. but then you have to continue to do what it says in Philippians 4 and think on these things right cuz then if we turn right around and we go back to thinking about what was making us sad to begin with we'll be just you know, we'll be right back where we well, were when we not, started. It's not that you're going to forget what's making you sad because, or upset or whatever. But your Emotion, focus. But your focus, you're not, um, you're not concentrating on that thing anymore. You're now concentrating on the truth that you just read right. and reminded yourself of. And so really, really, we, it, you started out being full of care. Be careful for nothing. Yeah. Renewed your mind with the word of God. Thought on the thought on the think on these things. You thought on those things, and you had a change in your their emotions. Changed. Your emotions and changed. My thinking your changed. thinking changed. Yeah. So I think you have an also an illustration of that with the horses, don't you? That you wanted to bring up. <laughs> well, yeah. So. And I'm sorry for those that, like, if you're not an animal person, I, you know, I'm sorry. But that's just, it's part of our life, especially my life. And it's what I'm dealing with and going through right now. And so it's going to come out in the podcast. And we've talked about on here before about how many times when, over the years when I've been working with different horses or even my own, um, how there's spiritual lessons there in the different, different things and that you do with horses. And this week, if you're a regular listener, you know about our rescue horse Faith and that she's been in training lately. And this week I had a lesson and it was a particularly um rough lesson in the sense of her emotions and reactivity being way up there to different things that we were trying to work with her on and when her emotions and reactivity go up my emotions tend to go up um and 
you know, horses are big animals and they can have some pretty big reactions to things. And if you don't know what you're doing, I mean, there's potential there to get hurt, like really hurt. And so there's that aspect of it, but I had my trainer there with me and he was handling most of it. So it was largely me observing what he was doing and then him explaining things to me as he went along. And so it was that one part where he said something to you about this isn't her being afraid anymore. This is her just like not wanting to let go of it or something. What did he say? So there's a particular thing that we've been working on with her. She has a lot of fears and triggers and things that she just never was taught to handle life in a productive way. And so she had very minimal training when she came to me. And so we've been working on this one specific issue for a while. And I've been working on it in between lessons. And she was in one of the her frame of mind where no matter what we did that day, everything was an issue for her. Putting the saddle on was an issue for her. Now she's had that saddle on multiple times and been sweet as you please, you know, but for whatever reason that day she was, you know, not having it. And she, she does this thing where she will stand still as a statue and she'll like, if you can imagine a horse standing like a statue and she'll just twitch and twitch and twitch and flinch and flinch and flinch and twitch and flinch. And at this point... So she's lit. She's triggered. She's triggered, yeah. And um, so you keep interrupting, so I'm losing my train of thought. I'll be quiet. So it didn't matter what we did that day. You know, everything we did was triggering her. And so he, at one point, it got pretty rough. And and I just looked at him and I said, I, okay, I'm not sure what to do now. I, you know, and he's like, he's like, he took over. So, um, he was working with her, as I said, a large majority of the time. And he was explaining what he was doing and why he was doing it. And he, he is not just a trainer of getting the horse to be able to do mechanics. He he's like a horse behaviorist. Like he understands the psychology behind why the horse is doing what the horse is doing. And because faith is a rescue, there's a lot of, um, baggage that she, yeah, rawness and baggage that she came with due. We, and we don't know all of her past history. So there's probably things that happened to her that we have no idea about, but anyway, she has internalized all that stuff and she has, come up with just like people do she has learned behaviors of well if I do this this and this then people just quit and they leave me alone they back off they back they back off and so so in other words if I pitch a big enough fit I can get this human to stop doing the thing because either they're intimidated 
or you know they just put put up their hands and give up and like I'm I'm not dealing with this horse anymore if this is what she's like I don't hands off I'm passing her on which is what happened to her she was passed from person to person to person to person thus where we're at right now and so that this particular day this last week she was throwing she would and he he said to me he said at this point this is her throwing a temper tantrum. He's like, we have, she's not afraid of this thing anymore. We have worked with her. She, we, she has shown us and proven to us that she can appropriately accept this stimulus and be just fine with it and be relaxed and be happy and, co- and be a partner and, you know, do all those things. And today she's not being that. And he's like, this is now like a learned behavior. She's learned that if she throws a temper tantrum long enough that people give up and leave her alone. Right. And he's like, so now we have to stick with it until she gives up on her temper tantrum. And so, um, and he called it emotional laziness. So instead of like stopping and thinking and figuring out the problem and like okay well gee if I just you know act like a partner with these people and I know they love me and I know they take care of me and they feed me and they treat me well and they don't abuse me and they you know she she just gets in this habit of reacting 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 and as he was explaining all this to me I'm like people do this Yep. You know, I've done this. It's like you you've learned to cope in circumstances of life that are hard or difficult that maybe we don't want to deal with or are uncomfortable or we just don't like and people throw their own version of a fit. You know, maybe it's manipulation, maybe it's control maybe it's their own tantrum or tirade yeah maybe it's um destructive habits that or with withdrawing and not engaging yeah like okay well fine you're not gonna um do it the way i want it then i'm just gonna pull myself out and away from you and you know and there's a time and a place for we're not saying you should keep yourself in a situation that's unsafe that's not what we're saying but there's a time and a place for a withdrawal sometimes, but, um, in an unhealthy way, there's, there's that. And so it's, it was just this very vivid physical picture of watching this horse literally jump around, buck around, you know, and he was inviting her into relationship with him. And it just gave me this picture of God the Father, like, standing there, like, inviting. I'm inviting you into relationship with me. I'm inviting you in to trust me. I'm inviting you to cooperate with me and have partnership with me. And she, at first, she didn't want to have anything to do it, do with it. She would rather throw her fit, you know. Because she wanted to do it the old way. Because she was used to doing it the old way. And you know, the way that had always worked for her before. 
she used to find relief by throwing a fit. And what we're trying to teach her is you find relief by cooperating and acting like a part in partnership instead of throwing a fit. And by the end of it, we got the cooperation and we got the calm and we got more of the partnership. It wasn't perfect, but you know, we started to see that and it was just so interesting to watch and see a picture, physical picture of what that's like and what we as humans do to try to cope with life sometimes. So then when you're telling me this story, my mind immediately went to a lot of the things we've been talking about in our small group at church about living the transformed life and what I've been teaching about periodically about the flesh, etc. Like... When Cass, uh, sorry, it's not Cassie, when Faith gets this stimuli and she immediately jumps into this old mindset, right? This reactivity, this reactivity mindset. It just, I, it just reminds me of the, what I think is the flesh in the scripture. Um, I'm reading from Bill Gillum's book here, Lifetime Guarantee, page 21. He says the following. He says, the term flesh has many meanings in the Bible, but our primary definition here is this. Flesh refers to the old ways or patterns by which you have attempted to get all your needs supplied instead of seeking Christ first and trusting him to meet your needs. And I just, I feel like we do this, right? So somebody comes along and they make us mad or something goes wrong or we get bad news or whatever and we revert to these old coping mechanisms these old flesh patterns these old pathways in the brain habits habits and coping mechanisms and ways of dealing with life and it it's so easy and it's so fast because we've had a life of dealing with our we've had a whole experience in life history of dealing with our life in this way and so i want to throw in there some practical examples of what that looks like for a person because we're we're not animals so we're not going to be at the end of a lead line throwing a fit and kicking up our heels no but we do have fits but go ahead give but so some practical examples of you know negative coping mechanisms or habits for dealing with life you know even you know pain and circumstances and hurt in life um you know things like withdrawing in a negative way where you push everyone away and you won't engage Mm -hmm. and and have fellowship so you just kind of hide yourself away and you don't you don't share your burden with a trusted. You don't engage in the life of the body of Christ, you're, right? You just you withdraw you're and be the hide. lone ranger. Yep. Um, so that's a coping mechanism. Um, emotional eating, you know, trying to find comfort in food that tastes good because it it releases dopamine in your brain and it makes you feel good for the moment. While you know you might be sad about something or upset about something and so you turn to food to fill that void um alcohol um you know relationships putting putting more um expecting more out of a relationship than what the person can legitimately give you expecting them to be something for you that really only god can be for you 
and then being upset with them when they don't give you what you need. Um, so those would be, you know, and all the way on up to addictions, anger, addiction, anger drugs. alcohol, you know, you name it. Those are all different. So another, so what we're saying is Faith had life experiences. Things happened to her. She developed coping, mechanism. coping mechanisms. Those coping mechanisms turned into habits. Turn into habits, turn into pathways in her brain. Yes. So now somebody comes along who means her no ill will, no At ill all. intent. Right. But does this thing stimulus stim that provides this stimulus which hits the trigger. Yes. Which sends her into a reactivity. frenzy, reactivity, whatever. Yep. And what I believe and I've come to believe is that that's by analogy, that's what we are dealing with as believers when it comes to our flesh. Right? Our old man, Romans 6, is crucified with Christ. He's dead. He's buried. He's taken out of the way. We are a new creature in Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We are complete in Christ. We have a total, complete new identity in Jesus Christ the very moment we trust the finished work of Christ. But what didn't go away... Is those old coping mechanisms, those old pathways that we used before we were saved to deal with life. And I think that's what people are struggling with when they struggle with the flesh. Yes. The flesh is lusting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And I, I don't believe that we are running around as schizophrenic saints... With two natures. It's yeah. it's it's the old. It's the, the it's the flesh that we deal with, and the and and that's why we need to renew our mind. And it's to, like the residual effects of the old man being there before you got saved. Yes. But now you're saved. The old man's dead and buried and gone, crucified with Christ. That's what it says. But you still have the residual there. But nobody went to your brain and wiped clean the slate of every right. of everything that you've erected in your life to deal with life. Right. And so now, as a believer, this is this is what we struggle with, and what I what, this is why the renewing of the mind is so important because it it recalibrates those things and it brings your emotions and and. And so forth in check with the word of God. And, and you, when you by faith operate in what God's word says, you know, like for example, you know, be angry and sin not, right? Like, so now the stimulus comes and the, the flesh pattern. You're angry, which is not anger in and of itself is not sin. But your flesh pattern might have been to curse them out right. and yell at them. And get them to remove the stimulus by demeaning and belittling them and so on and so forth. But now you're a believer and you have the word of God and you know that, okay, I'm not supposed to talk like this and I'm not supposed to have, I'm not, I can react like this. I can have anger, but I'm not supposed to sin in my anger. Right. And so I, I don't know. I just really see a lot of, um, Again, I guess practical spiritual lessons in what you were telling me there about that that particular lesson and you it know. was it it was not a fun lesson. 
It was not fun. It was not fun to watch. It was not fun to participate in. And just because it was hard to watch her battle that. But isn't that the same thing with people? Yes. I mean, you watch people literally have a train wreck, emotional train wreck, right? Yeah. And it's hard to deal with. But, like, we all are... Are we all all that fundamentally different from faith? I mean, I mean, I think people are on have different levels of things they struggle with. You know, maybe maybe how I react isn't the same as somebody else would re- react to something, and vice versa. But we all have those patterns that we resort to. Yes, and you would hope that in twenty years. And we fight against. Yeah, and you would hope that in twenty years of of twenty years from now, living as a believer, that your reaction to that stimulus would be brought more and more and more in line with how you should think, operate, and on function as right. a believer with how God's Christ word. in you would respond, right. and how Christ in you would respond instead of how residual flesh would react. Right. The difference between responding and reacting. Yes. And and there was, I know I told, shared this with you, but there was one point where he literally was standing right next to her and he had his arm around her neck, like over her neck. Talking about the trainer. The now. trainer. And he had the thing on the end of the stick asking her face to come to him and he had his other hand over here open and he was inviting her to come to his other hand to receive love and affection yeah like he just wanted he just wanted to invite her over with the stimulus come over here and you'll receive a soft touch and a pet and an affection and calming and and at first she just couldn't do it you know, I mean, you could just, and eventually she did, and it was like, wow. But tell everyone what you said about that, about how you viewed that as God the Father. Well, that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier. It's like God the Father standing there like, just come to me and let me have it. Like, just stop battling your own way. And just let me take it and just partner with me and we'll handle it together instead of you over here in your reactive mess trying to deal with it on your own and thinking that you're going to get better results. Yeah. You know. No, that's a great, that's a great and um, it just, analogy or picture. I don't think he, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't realize when he was doing that, that that's what I was thinking, but that's what I was thinking when I was watching that because. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, it's a powerful picture. I think makes me think about it and how many times I'm over here trying to trying to make it through my own ability or my own mm-hmm. strength to handle something and not just inviting the father into that from the beginning and just saying, here, you know, listen, I, I, I need you to help me carry this burden, so I to speak. I think people are sometimes scared to invite the father in because they are afraid of what he might 
I don't know what he might require, what he might expect, what is, what does partnership with him really mean? You know, like, what am I going to have to give up? And you think this thing over here that you're hanging on to so tightly that you think is so wonderful, your way of handling it. But really, you don't realize that if you just give it over and stop doing it your way, that you will end up way better off. Yeah. As just like her, if she would just give it up and come over here, she would get the love and affection that she wants, she needs, and she desires. But she thinks being over, you know, at least at that point, throwing her tantrum was the better option because that's what she was used to. And. It makes me sad that people are afraid to go to the father with stuff because they think they're going to get judged or I don't know what they think they're going to get, but not accepted. But yeah, even in you bringing this up, it, my mind goes to a lot of other things, but probably we've already been talking 45 minutes. So, but. yeah, the, the reality is, is as believers, we have peace with God. Romans chapter five, verse one, right? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And you're accepted. And we're accepted and we have this already. And then we let, we get in the way, I think, of enjoying the peace of God, mm-hmm. right? Paul says in, in Colossians 3 about let the peace of God, you know, dwell in your heart, right? So positionally, you have peace with God, but we don't always experience the peace of God because we are trying to, we're like the horse. We're trying to handle it ourselves. Yeah, and we think our way is better than God's way. we think our way, way. Is, is better. So, so that's... That's our New Year's message, eh? Yeah. It's a pretty good message. I think it's one to just hang on to and revisit and remember and keep reminding ourselves of that when we just let God's word dwell in us and we... we we just let him love us like that he wants same to. same passage there in Colossians 3, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's totally our choice. Yeah. It's totally our choice. And stop thinking that we know better. Yeah. So we, um, we're going to probably start closing up here, but... Um, we just want to wish everyone a happy new yep, year. Happy and, new year. Um, I will put the link to the different Bible reading challenges in the show notes. And I will put, um, I will try to share our Facebook page for the podcast in the show notes too. I'm still figuring some stuff out, but, um, I think I'll be able to do that. So, um, As always, if you guys would not mind um, sharing the podcast, rating and reviewing the podcast, that really, really helps. 
We have had over, we were looking at our um, analytics. We, analytics, yes. I couldn't think of the word. We were looking over our analytics and we've had over, like 1,000 listens. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. <clears throat> we have um, people listening in Saudi Arabia and Australia and as well as obviously the U.S. So that's was pretty interesting cool. to yeah. see <laughs> that we have some other listeners. Um, so, but you guys um, sharing it and reviewing it and rating it, especially on iTunes or Spotify, really helps because it gets the podcast out into the general, um, what do you call it? Audience, general public. Yeah. So like if people are searching for different things, it's more likely that ours will be recommended if yeah. they listen to something similar. Um, and if you have any questions, comments, uh, topics, uh, recommendations, what have you. We uh, are, I think next time we, we do a podcast, we are going to talk about um, the law of attraction and manifestation because that is something that I'm just going to throw that little teaser out there because that is something that we are seeing so many of even just people that we know and used to go to school with or have known throughout the years like it is just really really running prevalent that people are getting into this whole law of attraction I can manifest the reality that I want type of thinking and um I yeah. still haven't gotten our million dollars. <laughs> well, yeah. Keep on dreaming. Um but anyway, we want to talk about that and and talk about is that scriptural? Um why or why not? Why is, you know, um obviously you can guess we probably think that it's not and why is it dangerous? Yeah. So what what other things does it lead to? So, so yep. So uh, send us a note, Brian B R Y N Brian at justgrace at dot com. You forgot B R Y A N. There you go. Brian at justgrace it dot com. If you want to contact us or send us a message. Yes, and we will talk to you guys later. Grace and peace.